Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. My name is Brad Shattuck, and I am your host. This podcast is about my personal experiences, stories, and events with dealing with borderline personality disorder, otherwise known as BPD. My experiences with BPD is due to my wife, now ex-wife, who I have been with for 34 years, was diagnosed with BPD in 2012. And I want to share my experiences with you so that if you are someone who has somebody in your life with BPD, that you may relate to what I'm saying along with my personal tips and suggestions that may or may not work in your specific situation. And if you are someone who has been diagnosed or think you may have BPD, that you may recognize the signs and understand the havoc and turmoil that it can have around the people that are involved in your life. Let me caution you that I am in no way qualified or certified in the field of mental health and that my personal suggestions are merely my personal opinion and do not recommend that anybody take any mental health therapy into their own hands, but to personally seek out the help from a professional in the field of mental health. And furthermore, if you are a couple, you might even consider counseling to help further your relationship a little bit better. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. This is Brad Shattuck, your host. This episode is titled An Unconventional Approach with a Loving Tactic. And the reason I'm saying that is I think I want to offer my suggestion and my advice to what I used um, with my approach with my wife on with uh, people with borderline, how they're by nature, they're very suspicious. Uh, they're always they got their radar up, you know, they're, everybody's conspiring against them, they wonder what people are saying about them, um, you know, their lovers, boyfriends, or fiancés are cheating on them, conspiring against them, you know, and by filling in these, like, you know, potholes, you know, if, if you have a road with potholes, and, you know, you hit bang, you know, it kind of, you know, you know, there's a pothole here and there, and those are these bangs, but if you fill them in, it's a smooth ride. And so far for the past six months that I've been using these tactics, I've been having a smooth ride. And I'll tell you, the potholes used to be bang, 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 bang. Um, I don't think I could drive, you know, 20 feet without hitting a pothole. Now, I don't see a pothole on sight. So I would like to offer you my advice. Please listen to the episode. And if you have any questions, send me an email. Again, it's thirddegreepodcastnh at gmail.com. And let's get on with the episode. Hello, everybody, and thank you again for listening to Living in Third Degree with BPD. This is Brad Chattuck, your host. And again, this episode is an unconventional approach with a loving tactic. And the, the reason I'm kind of doing this episode is because, you know, one of the things I've noticed with my wife over the years is people 
with BPD have this uh, very specific radar or a very um, unique radar that they all have. You know, they all fine-tune it themselves. But, you know, we all have radar that we pick up on people close to us, you know, when it comes to signals like body language, uh, the tone of your voice, the way somebody answers you, uh, if somebody's more talkative or less talkative, you know, if they're unhappy, etc. But, you know, people without PPD, the majority of us, I should say, you know, most of these signs are, you know, normal. You know, somebody's not that talkative, it's kind of normal. Or the way they answer you, or, you know, you misrepresent the way somebody has a tone. But you have to remember that borderlines, um, you know, like I said, have, have like a, 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 this radar on them. And, you know, everybody displays emotions differently, but... You know, most of us do it unwillingly. You know, we, we may not be talkative or we're over-talkative or, you know, we're just really quiet for the day or we may, you know, be snappy or something. You know, sometimes we do this unwillingly um, and there may be no major problem or any problem in our life. But borderlines, like I said, they're suspicious and on guard by nature, you know, with close friends, family, and their loved ones or husband, wife, or boyfriend, fiance, whatever the case may be. But they always feel that they're being conspired against, uh, cheated on, stolen from, talked about, you know, everybody's always doing something on their back, you know, whatever the case may be. And, you know, whatever we do in a shift of our, you know, communicable devices, you know, whether it's our voice, our body language, or something we're doing or not doing, you know, they may take it as, um, you know, their radar goes on high alert, you know, and, you know, if, and I, I found in the past, you know, and I'm guilt, very guilty of doing this myself. If you're not making your person with borderline, you know, feel loved, you know. So if they're feeling unloved, unappreciated, if they don't feel beautiful, that you're not attracted to them, um, that you're not being compassionate, you're not showing sexual advances, you know, to them, if you're not doing those things, you must be doing it to somebody else. If you're not making her feel loved, you'll... Making somebody else feel loved. If you're not making her feel appreciated, you're making somebody else feel appreciated. If you're making her feel beautiful, you're making somebody else feel beautiful, etc., etc. Now, obviously, that in, I would say, 90% of the cases, that's not the truth in anybody's case. And it wasn't with mine either. But because of the nature of BPD, that's what it does, is it makes them think, if it's not being done for me, it's being done for somebody else. You know, if good things aren't being done for me by the person that loves me, they must be doing it to somebody else or for somebody else. And, you know, that's when the radar goes up and that's when the suspicion really lays on thick. And, um, you know, if, as a matter of fact, as an example, many times I was being, you know, for whatever reason, um, you know, we weren't ex ex extremely sexually active. I wasn't telling her that much. I loved her and wasn't telling her all the time she was beautiful, making her feel beautiful, making her feel loved, unappreciative, etc. Well, I was at the end of the bed one day, and because I have um, a fake left knee, a lot of times I have to sit in weird positions where I can't lay in the bed. I get a nail on the floor. I get a. So, anyways, long story short, I was at the end of the bed, and I was actually filling out a long application actually to get her um, new dentures uh, for free through a, um, a grant. And it was a long application process I was filling out. And it happened to, I think it was like maybe an hour or two hours. Well, anyways, um, she happened to throw a book down at me. And she said, why don't you take your phone and go text your little whore somewhere else? I was like, what the hell are you talking about? 
Well, later on down the road, she happened to said, you know, admitted to me. I wasn't making her feel loved and beautiful and appreciated and wasn't having sexual advances towards her. And she um, saw me getting emotion when I was filling out that application. The reason I was getting emotion because it was getting frustrated and they were asking like the same questions over and over. I was retyping it wrong. Well, she thought I was getting emotional upset with texting another woman. And I could see her point. You know, here I am. You know, I, I, I do talk to myself a lot, you know, and when I'm feeling frustrated, I'll call something, you know, an F and C word and this and that. Well, when she has me calling something an F and C word and a bitch and this and that, she thinks talking about another woman so she kind of put two and two together i'm not making her feel loved i'm not having sexual advances with her and i'm not having sex with her and here i am getting mad while i'm texting so she thinks i'm having an argument with another woman that's the way the borderline brain works so when you know i finally admitted to her what i was doing is that i was filling out a grant and it was like a 12-page grant i had to fill in you know kind of a biography and you know a synopsis of you know why we couldn't afford, you know, her new dentures and blah, blah, blah. And it was getting frustrating. But you know how borderlines work. They're very quick to assume, quick to uh, accuse. And you they're already, you know, judged you're an executioner. And you're already, you know, um, you don't even have an attorney. You're automatically found guilty. And it's just the way it is. And that's how borderlines work. So, anyways, when me and my wife weren't together for the past six months, I said, you know what? You know, if if anybody loves their person in their life with BPD enough, and they're willing to, you know, everybody can sit there and send me emails and, you know, say, you know, you're going above and beyond and overboard. You know, what does she do for you? What does she do for you? It's nothing about that. It's what am I willing? If I'm willing to put in, you know, a 70-40 on this relationship, um, I mean, you know, 60-40, 70-30, you know, rather than 50-50, that's my choice, my prerogative. I'm not saying everybody has to, but I'm saying I said I'm going to try and approach. So I'm going to go above and beyond. I'm going to make her feel, not only feel love, I'm going to tell her I love her all the time and make her feel love. There's not one day that does not go by that I don't tell her and make her feel like she's beautiful, she's sexy, that I'm fully attracted to her, that I'm sexually attracted to her. Um, I make sexual advances to her all the time. We have sex more now than we probably ever have in 34 years. Um, now those things, when we don't get along for a couple of days, now she doesn't think, well, he's doing it with somebody else because in two days, no, he's not going with anybody else. And it's not just the fact that we're together all the time because I told her before, I'm not going to be together with you 24 seven. That means you can't think these things. And she doesn't, I have now been able to go to the store and not have her accuse me. And if she knows that normally it would take 20 minutes and it took me an hour, She'll take my advice, uh, my answer on how it really is if I'm stuck uh, in an aisle or couldn't find something or was held up for whatever the case may be. It's not an accusation like it was before. That's not how it is. But I said, I'm going to try to fill these holes because now if we have an argument or something and, you know, there's, she's not going to sit there and accuse me of, well, he must be being with somebody else. So what I'm trying to advise to you is give it a conventional – Think of the things she accuses you all the time. If she's accusing you of, well, you must be uh, texting somebody else. Do you send her little texts? Do you leave you? See, the thing is what I do too is I purposely do this. I have nothing to hide from my wife. So I don't 
I mean, yes, everybody should have a swipe or some passcode on their phone because in case you leave in the bathroom or somewhere, you don't want somebody getting your personal information. But your other half should know what your code is. They should know. You know, what, what if you were somewhere and you forgot your phone and you needed information out of there and you called that home? Would you be afraid to say, hey, honey, can you do me a favor? I need you to go into an app on my phone. Here's my code. Not only did you just give them that code, but that whole time while you were away, are you afraid what they might find your phone? I'm not. I'm definitely not. So I make sure my wife knows what my code is. She knows what my code is. So there's nothing to hide in the phone. When I go to the bathroom, I don't need to take my phone to the bathroom. I'm not a phoneaholic. I throw my phone on the bed and I leave the screen open. Now in the past, she used to ask me, why do you take the phone with you? And I used to say, it's just a habit. Well, guess what? Can I break that habit? Absolutely I can. Now, do I tell her, can you leave your phone on the bed? I could if I wanted to, but sometimes I don't. So, what you can do is if you can start filling in the holes and thinking what made them say those things to you. You know, why are they acting suspicious? Are you not making... You, you know the answers yourself. You can sit there and say you don't know the answers. You know the answers. Are you telling them every day they're beautiful? Are you making them feel loved? Are you telling them every day you feel that you love them? And not just waiting for them to say, I love you back. Are you really telling them you love them because you do love them? Are you saying, I'm, I love you? And I'm telling you this because I want you to know that I love you. I'm not telling you I love you because I want to hear it back. I want you to know I love you. And leave it at that. And hope that they don't say, I love you back. Because that's not what you're looking for. At least I hope. You're letting them know you love them. Let them know they're beautiful. Make sexual advances to them. Let them know you're sexually attracted to them. If they make a sexual advance to you, accept it. Or act giddy over it. Don't act like it's repulsive or anything like that. If they say, you know, hey sexy. You know, say, oh, thank you. Act receptive. Don't act defensive. You know, you don't want them... Like I said, as it is, they're suspicious by nature. They're on guard. Anything you don't give them, they're going to feel you're giving to somebody else. If you love that person enough, is it that going, that is it going to be that hard for you to give them that extra, to go that extra mile? Is it going to take you more than, what, five minutes a day to give those extra I love yous, those extra you're so beautiful, you're sexy, all those clothes look so nice on you, your hair looks wonderful today. Don't wait for them to dye their hair or style it or worse. Add, oh my God, don't wait. Worse. The worst thing you can do is wait for them to say, do these jeans look nice on me? Does my hair look nice today? Do you like this color I just dyed it? If you wait for them, it's way too late. You might as well not even answer. You might as well say, you know what? Instead of saying your hair looks nice or your clothes look, when they say, do you like the way my hair is? Say, you know what? I love it, but I'm an asshole. Why are you an asshole? Because I should have told you before you had to ask me. Don't wait for them. That's when it's too late. If they have to ask you, apologize. Don't just say, oh, they look really nice on you. No, say, you know what? They look beautiful on you, but I'm a total asshole. I should have told you before you had to ask me. I'm serious. Make notice. Make notice when they change their hair, when they change the color, if they use less makeup, more makeup, a different makeup color, if they use makeup at all, if they wear uh, a shirt you haven't seen in a while. And you know what? Is it going to hurt you if you haven't noticed they wore something in a while and say, well, I've noticed you haven't worn that in a while. That lets them know he does notice me. Because otherwise, you're going to make them feel like a piece of furniture. 
a piece of furniture in the room that you just walk by every day. How many times do you walk by that couch, that lazy boy recliner? The only time you'll notice that chair is when you either go to sit in it or somebody moved it, right? Or somebody else is sitting in it. Other than that, you'll walk by it and you won't even notice it. Don't make your other half feel like a piece of furniture because guess what? You'll notice it. The same thing like a lazy boy with chair, chair. You'll notice it when it's moved or when it's moved out or when somebody's sitting in it or when somebody else is sitting on yours. You don't want somebody else sitting on yours. I'm telling you right now, treat it like it's yours. Treat it like you want it. Treat it like, don't look, treat it like you own it. Treat it like it's special, like it's, that you cherish her. If you do that, she'll be less suspicious of you. And don't just do it for a week and stop it. And don't do it like 50 times a day and then slowly decline it. Make it a habit. Make it as normal as going to the bathroom, as normal as brushing your teeth or getting clothes or taking a shower. Make it a part of your routine. Always make it a part of your routine. Do not make her feel like a piece of furniture. I'm telling you, it'll be too late when it is too late. And when it's too late, it's already way too late, if that makes any sense. And if it doesn't, it will. And when it does make sense, again, it's way too late. So with that being said, like I said, the biggest thing to avoid anything that she could possibly say is knowing why she could possibly be saying it. Yes, it's going to sound unconventional and stupid and ridiculous that if, you know, you don't give her a kiss today and she says, you didn't kiss me all day, you must be kissing somebody else. It's going to sound ridiculous, but guess what? You're dealing with somebody who has borderline, a disorder. They don't even understand. Now, to them, it doesn't sound ridiculous. To you, it does. But remember, everything that they say that sounds normal to them sounds ridiculous to us. But a lot of things that we say that sound normal sound ridiculous to them. When we say, come on, I was, you know, if they say to you, you were at the store 20 minutes, it should have only taken you 15 minutes. You know, the, what you do in the extra five minutes? Did you get somebody's number? Did you, did you hook up with somebody? That sounds ridiculous to us. But to them, that's completely normal. And that's possibly, that's very plausible. To them, that could happen. Absolutely could happen. You could have actually had an engagement during that time or even eloped during that time. So remember, we say a lot of things that don't make sense to them, okay? Remember, it's almost like you're talking English, okay? And they're talking French. Some words may, or, or put it this way, a different dialect. Like some people out west say from the get-go. We say from the beginning. Now, if you said to somebody else from the get-go, they probably wouldn't know what you're talking about. So you're dealing with a different dialect. What may seem normal to us seems unnormal to them or unconventional or ridiculous. But remember, you're dealing with somebody with a disorder. If you can't handle it, if you can't deal with it, if you don't love them enough, step away because all you're doing is doing them more harm by teasing them and by not learning and by not loving. You're doing more harm. If you love them like I love my wife, you'll read as much as you can learn as much as you can, and love them as much as you can. And that's about the best advice that I can give anybody. So again, with that being said, thank you again for listening. And if you have somebody in your life with BPD, remember, they find it so hard to love themselves. So love them as much as you can. Understand them as much as you can, because they find it so hard to understand themselves. Thank you again. You've been listening to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. 
I hope you enjoyed the show, and please check out my many other episodes. I hope you get some beneficial suggestions from my experiences. And remember, we're all responsible for our own choices. I'd like to remind you that if you have someone in your life with BPD, try to understand them and love them as much as you can, because they find it so hard to be able to understand themselves and love themselves. So thank you again and have a happy life.